The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At the end of the day, man, you know, you this is like a legacy, you know, and um, I love football a lot. And I know a lot of people do, you know, and like I said, you know, there's like a lot, a lot of things behind the scenes I'd rather keep inside that, you know, that happened towards my reaction for that, you know, so... Uh, is what it is, you know. How would you describe your chemistry with Zach on the field? Uh, probably, I can't. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. I don't get the ball. I don't know. Well, we'll see if he gets the ball in Cleveland. Elijah Moore was a member of the Jets. The New York Jets picking up some draft capital. I wonder what they will do with that extra second-round pick. Now, they also had to send a third-round pick along with Elijah Moore, so it wasn't a straight two, so it's not exactly a huge haul for the Jets to unload one of their unhappy receivers. And also, as they keep adding guys, yeah. and they added Miko Hardman yesterday on top of That's right. Alan Lazard, I, we, we had made the point as they were rounding up the friends and former teammates of Aaron Rodgers, at some point the guys currently on the team are going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no room for us on the roster, and that process has begun as we continue to wait yeah. and wait yeah. and wait for Aaron Rodgers to be a Jack. Good morning, Chris. It's PFT Live. How are you today? I'm good, Michael. How you doing, man? You good? You feeling good today? Thursday? It's my Friday. I hope you're jealous. I'm done with the week after today. And, you know, screw off. You got one more day to work. So I always like that. (laughs) I almost went with a hoodie today, and I thought that would be unprofessional to wear a hoodie on the show. So I went with the closest polo shirt that I could find when I ripped open the drawer to to the, you know, dresser in the office where I just cram my clothes. I used to try to fold my clothes in there right. and do it, you know, in a responsible way, the way my mom used to fold all my clothes and everything was in there all neatly in a pile. Let's just pull the door open and just ram the stuff inside. So I, I went with this, but I saw a hoodie and I thought, yeah, I'm, I'll go with a hoodie. But now I, I, I have more respect for Chris than to show up for a, uh, whatever. Show, what do you mean? When you have one of your under, when you have one of your five dollar Under Armour collared shirts on, you think that's more respectful? I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! 
It was seven dollars. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get your right. facts straight. Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's casual Friday. That's how I. I don't know what it is. It's funny how you get to the end of the week and you go, well, I don't know. It's the last day. Let me be in something a little more comfortable, right? And, and I do find myself more times than not on a Thursday, which is my Friday, like looking for the hoodie or a sweater or whatever it might be. Uh, but I guess it's what kind of, you know, kickstarts the weekend right there. Well, it does kickstart the weekend for you. The rest of us have to work another That's day. That's right. And today is going to be a challenge for me because you have said from time to time yeah. over the years, yeah, you have greeted me with what you don't realize is an insult when you say you look tired. That's right. Now, you haven't said it in a while. Maybe you finally figured out it's not an appropriate way to interact with the other humans. Hey, you look tired. Not not all that far from you look ugly. So thank you for not saying it, especially today, because today I am tired. Last night was one of those nights. Yeah, I could tell you got bags where... under your eyes. You look tired today. <laughs> Good morning. Let's have an excuse. Let's have an excuse. Let's go. Let's hear it. Hello. I want to hear it. Uh, I. Well, I, I, I don't know if you've heard this, and I, I, you know, I know I spent a lot of time last year pushing my book, Playmakers, which was out March 15, 2022, still available wherever you buy your books. During the pandemic, I took a turn into fiction just as a way to deal with isolation. Not that I, I was unhappy about being isolated, but it still resulted in a lot of hours that you need to fill. So I started screwing around with that June of 2020, and I've got a stack of manuscripts that are just kind of floating around. So April 25, the first one that I finished nearly three years ago, Father of Mine, is available. I'm in the phase now where you you have your manuscript, which is basically the document that you type in whatever word processor that you use, Word, pages, if you're an Apple person. But then it transforms into what it's actually going to look like as a book. And that just makes it feel different. And it makes you, even if you've read the damn thing 20 times or more, as I have, when you see it in that final, this is it, speak now or forever hold your peace, and it has changed dramatically in how it looks and how it feels, all of a sudden, there's a lot of shit you want to change. So <laughs> I've spent my evening hours this week. Wow. Because it's still, you know, early in free agency. I've, I've spent the evening hours working on it, working on it, just chipping away, chipping away. It's 392 pages, chipping away, chipping away. And last night, I hit a groove. Last night, it was clicking. Last night, I was feeling pretty good. I went down to the barn. I was down there for a couple hours, had a cigar, working through it, making changes, getting it right. And I keep going through this this back and forth of, man, this thing really sucks. What am I doing to, you know, it's really not that bad. And then, oh, this thing sucks. Nah, it's really not that bad. It's this odd, like, you know, the old angel on one shoulder, devil on the other. Like, you should just delete the whole thing. What are you doing? So anyway, last night, last night, I felt that I was getting toward the end. And I still have a little ways to go, but not much. So I got back up to the house about 1130. And... I said, you know, I, I said to Jill, I'm kind, I'm, I'm kind You're of kind of going. Your brain's going, right? Going. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, 
Yeah, like it's like I'm feeling pretty good, and I feel like I'm I'm sharp and focused, and I'm catching the typos. And there aren't many. There's only been like three typos. The problem is the stuff that isn't typos. I'm like, God, this sucks. I got to make this better. I got to change this word. It's like every line, every word. Is there a better word here? Is there a better word there? Can I change this line? Change this sentence? I mean, it's that granular when you get it to this. I can't to this imagine final phase when you think it's done. When you think it's done, this is it. So anyway, anyway, I I stayed in a groove. And it's like, oh, I'll go to bed at 1. I get to 1 o'clock, and it's like, yeah, I'm still in a groove. I'll go to bed at one thirty. Wow. one thirty. I'm still in a groove. Screw it. I'm going to keep going. 2 o'clock. And at about 2.10, I thought, I probably am getting to the point where it's counterproductive. That yeah. I can't really be 100% sure that, that my work is unaffected by the fact that I'm tired. So, 2.10, go to bed. Now... Joe, on, on nights like that, that's when the dog gets to sleep in bed, and I don't even venture to the main bedroom. So I went to one of the guest rooms and crawled into bed there. And, of course, I'm wired at that point. I, you can't come down from that. Your brain's too active. Like, everything's I, That's you know, what I was going to say. and letters. And right. I was up till 3.30. I, I could not fall asleep until 3.30. So I've had three hours of sleep, and... I am tired. If I look tired, I finally, after six years of doing this with you, I have a reason. Today, and I'm sure there have been times where I've been actually tired in the past, but not like today. Today, I am feckin' tired. Well, I mean, I take it back. You don't look that tired for a guy that just got three hours. So I'll, I'll give you that. You don't look that bad. I wouldn't have guessed that. Now, I mean, man, yeah, that's your, I'm just it's just your usual tired. You're gonna I'm just usual tired. You're gonna extreme. You're tired. gonna you're gonna feel it later today. You're gonna feel it later today. And then, like you know, usually, hey, I'd I'd like to feel bad for you or something like that, but that's not gonna happen. You chose to do this, so you know, suck it up, slugger, and let's get going with some football talk here, okay? You know, Johnny typewriter well, over there. It's time to get to work here. Let's go. No days off. <laughs> Well, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. You We've are. already burned up nine minutes of the show. So one hour and 51 minutes until I go back to bed. But once we're done, it's not like yeah, then you're 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 into your day. Yeah. You, you know, it's it, it will hit me at some point and the window will slam and the curtains will fall and that'll be it. And it'll be time to go straight to bed. So that's coming at some point, probably late this morning. What I'll probably do when I'm when it hits me like around 1030 or 11 I kind of like to sneak in about an hour, hour and a half of a nap, and then you wake up and you're really hungry, you have a nice lunch, and then you just keep going. So that's probably what I'll do. So don't call me, don't text me. Okay, it's fine. About 11 and 1230. That's when, that's when I'll, I'll get from three hours to four and a half total sleep. But we made four. good progress. We're close. We're, we're there. What do you think? How many, I mean, we staying up again late tonight? I, got, I mean, where are we, where are we at to, to the finish line here? I got 70 pages left. Okay. So I did 100 there. last night. Right. I got 70 left. All so right. I wanted to get it done by the weekend, by like Sunday. I think there's a chance I'll get it done tonight, maybe tomorrow. If, if I survive today, if I don't take that one and a half hour nap and I realize it's Friday at 7 a.m., I, I may get it done quarterback tonight, of the future so two we'll coming to shelves no, near no, you no. <laughs> i mean father of mine sorry that, that was that was yeah i'm playing uh, with you, you know and, and you know i i don't know if i don't know if we've talked about it it it's the town i grew up in 
was and thank you very much. You can pre-order for the ridiculously low price of four ninety nine. If we if we had the cover art, that would be even better. We just have the 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 short length to the page. The cover art would be nice. You really want to impress me. You really want to suck up to me today. My nephew did the cover art, which is very very impressive. But anyway, I grew up in a town where in the seventies the mob was everywhere, and my dad was connected to it. He was a bookie, and if you were going to be a bookie, you couldn't just set up shop without paying a significant percentage of everything you made to the mob that ran the town. That's just how it worked. Right. Otherwise, they run you out of business. Yeah. If you keep doing business after they run you out of business, they run you into the river. Right. So the the whole story, the story is completely fictionalized, and the names are made up. And But the idea is I use that as the platform to put cool. together a story that I think will be interesting. It can't just be about this. Hey, this is just a – I'm going to tell you about the mob in the town I grew up in. 400 pages. There's got to be a story there that keeps people going. But anyway, anyway, one of the things that allowed me to feel comfortable doing it is most, if not all, of the actual people who were involved in that specific business 50 years ago are dead. So there's no one to fit me with cement shoes. Not that I'm giving away any secrets. I was a kid. I was 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So it's it's all made up. But last night, when I finally did fall asleep, I started having nightmares that some of the guys were still alive. Yeah, right. They're going to come get you. Me. Yep, so, that's right. Yep. Oh, so that's well, that's why, new, that's why you got your safe room. That's my stress dream. That's why you got your safe room. You'll be okay. Don't worry. Lock yourself in there. You'll be good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to it. We played the clip. It feels like a long time ago. Not quite the three hours that I slept, but it's been about 10 minutes since you saw from Elijah Moore. He's one of the guys making news yesterday on one of the not nearly as busy days of free agency as we get 10, 11 days into the process. But Elijah Moore got traded after Mecole Hardman. And Chris, I remember sitting with Mecole Hardman right at the Super Bowl last year in L.A. I was probably wearing my same $7 Under Armour polo shirt. And we talked about what a big year it was going to be. And does he want a new contract? Does he want to prove himself? And you know, he didn't have a huge season for the Kansas City Chiefs. And somebody suggested early in the process on Twitter that he's injury prone and he bristled at that. And he's just one of those guys that fell into the big money isn't there. Let's go do a one-year deal. We got on that fairly early, maybe by the end of last week. Hey, if you're not signed now, your best bet's going to be a one-year deal. That's what Moore does. One year worth up to Six and a half million. Of course, up to is the way that the agent covers for the deal not being as good as it was supposed to be because up to means he's got to earn every incentive. And sometimes those incentives are outlandish. We don't know what the base number is yet, but it's up to six and a half million. Not what we thought Nicole Hardman was going to do. We thought last year he'd be, even with the influx of new receivers like Juju Smith Schuster and Sammy Watkins for a while. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we still thought Mikael Hardman would be the guy with the best opportunity to replace Tyreek Hill, replace that production, and it just didn't happen. So now he goes to the Jets, and he awaits Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's a good move by the New York Jets. I think there's a few things at play. You kind of alluded to one of them at the start of the Open there. You know, one, Mikael Hardman has incredible potential. We know that he's he's more than a receiver. He's a weapon Right, We've seen that and how he's used with Kansas City, whether it's the return game, but the reverses and the speed sweeps and the screen passes. And then, of course, he is dangerous as a receiver because of his speed. Now, he's unproven in the capacity of being a 
consistent, really good number two receiver. He's shown flashes of it. He's had, you know, you know, certain, you know, four or five game spans of it. You know, but this last year, yeah, it was underwhelming. He he dealt with a, a pretty serious injury and was not healthy. And I don't think ever, you know, got to really put his best foot forward as far as, you know, getting into the groove of the season, being healthy that way, and being able to take advantage of it. So he's exactly what you talked about, Mike. Yeah, he's a guy that knows he's better than what he's being paid. He didn't get it to set it up the right way last year. He's going to take another crack at it. So that's where it's, it's great for McCole Hardman. It's great for the Jets as far as what they got at receiver, right? You know, they get Elijah Moore, who's a little cranky and not happy. Fine. See you later. Get your butt out of here. It also sets it up for Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to deal with that crap. He probably would prefer some veteran guys around. So now he's got a McCole Harbin who's come from the Chiefs. That makes sense. And they acquire a draft pick. to Maybe if they have to sweeten the pot here with the, the Packers in this trade conversation, they can do that. So, you know, all in all, I think some smart, well-thought-out, you know, with some really potential for something bigger here with McCall Hardman if it if it strikes the right way. He was a second-round pick out of yeah. Georgia in 2019, Georgia. Right. and that selection came at a time when, remember, Tyree Kill, who had an off-field issue, a serious off-field issue that got kicked out of Oklahoma State right. years ago, contributed to him being only a fifth-round draft pick when he entered the NFL draft. He had something that was hovering that caused him to stay away voluntarily from the offseason program. And there was a thought that Mecole Hardman was drafted to potentially yeah, be replace that the guy. Tyree Kill right. replacement right. across the board. And early in his career, flashes, and it was positive. He averaged 20.7 yards per reception as a rookie on 26 catches, 536 yards. Last year, he had 25 catches for 297 yards. He was down to 11.9, and he only played in eight games with five starts due to injury. And he he was mad about the injury-prone label because he hadn't missed a single game in yeah, his career right. until last year. He had 16, 16, and 17, not starts, but appearances. Right. And then last year, eight appearances, five starts. And it it was... And who who knows? Who knows whether or not he was going to go back to the Chiefs. But I think the Chiefs, especially after last year, they're confident they can go round up a bunch of new guys. Patrick Mahomes will work with them, figure out what they can and can't do. And now we've seen both Juju Smith-Schuster and Miko Hardman leave after that first post-Tyree kill season. And, and we'll see what he can do with the Jets. I'm a little surprised that it's not Randall Cobb. I'm a little surprised that it's a guy that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to get to know from scratch. And it's a great apples-to-apples comparison because last year, Mahomes rounded all those guys up, took them to Texas, got comfortable, got them comfortable with him, which is far more important, I think, than him getting comfortable with them. They need to be comfortable with him, especially new guys. Now, Hartman already knew him. Now, new guy for Nicole Hartman, new guy for Aaron Rodgers once this trade is done. All the more reason for Rodgers to spend time getting those guys comfortable with him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there are, you know, two things that, that, that you brought up there that I think are interesting. You know, Randall Cobb, right? He'll be there. There's no market for Randall Cobb. It's like he's with Aaron Rodgers or that's it. I mean, so they can bring him in at any point. This guy has got some real, 
like tangible talents where, you know, we've had moments over his first four years where we've gone, you know, holy crap. Whoa, what a whole oh, whoa. He looks like he got shot out of a cannon. I mean, he has that type of ability. He's not Tyree Kill, but like you said, in theory, that's why he was drafted, and he's one of those guys that's more than what you call a receiver. He's a weapon, and he, you know, of course, is a professional. He's been on a Super Bowl team, and now you talk about Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson on the outside, and now McCole Hardman can do some of the, the slot stuff and the cute stuff that we talked about, the speed sweeps and all that. I think it's a great combination. We'll see what they do with Corey Davis, a receiver, you know. But Randall Cobb, I think, is more about rand, you know, round out the roster, make Rodgers feel good, help coach out, coach up the rest of the receivers on the roster, you know. We'll see where that goes. But I like this, Mike. I like this, and and Mike, off of that too, to per, as it pertains to Kansas City, I think you hit the the nail right on the head there. They don't give a damn. I mean, they're. They, 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 they know they can make it work with just about anything. They got Mahomes. They got Kelsey. I think they liked what they saw from Sky Moore, right? They're going all in on Kadarius Toney to, to fill the McCole Hardman role, right? So he's going to do that and be that guy. And they got MVS still, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and I'm sure they'll add a guy in the draft or so. So, you know, they've proven they can weather that storm, but – I think the Jets, yeah, they're setting it up for Super Bowl, make Rodgers feel comfortable, and uh, I, I like the move. It's definitely, I think, an improvement over Elijah Moore, which I think is still a toss-up to how good he was going to be. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elijah Moore, we heard from him at the top yeah. of the show. He's now a member of the Browns with the third-round pick the Jets had packaged together. The Jets pick up second-round pick. They now have back-to-back selections in round two, 42 and 43. Wow. And I do think that's significant as it relates to the pursuit of Aaron Rodgers yeah. because I think that a fair package would be second-round pick this year and yeah. – conditional second rounder either in 2024 based on what he does in 2023 or conditional second rounder in 2025 if he plays in 2024. So now they're in a position where they could send 42 or 43 to the Green Bay Packers as part of a pre-draft deal. If they do what I suggested yesterday, I wrote about it after the show, they just need to say to the Packers, here's the offer, 
This is it, non-negotiable between now and the draft. After the draft, here's our offer, non-negotiable for 2024 and or 2025. But you want to take this before the draft? Here it is. Put one of those second-round picks on the table and maybe up to a second-round pick in 25, maybe a little something in 24. But say no to the Packers wanting the first-round pick, the 13th overall pick, because I'm told the Packers want that pick. They want that 13th overall pick and more right, for Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. And the Jets just have to, make it, have to make it clear to them that's not happening. Yeah, well, I mean, that, it's, it's actually it's ridiculous. I mean, really, it is. And it, it, it's odd from Green Bay, and I know we discussed this yesterday a little bit. But, yeah, it's personal to Rodgers. They're sticking it to him. You know, but yeah, took the and Mike. I'm not just saying it's ridiculous because it's me and like whatever, and I like Aaron Rodgers. It's ridiculous. Like I've talked to a lot of people in the NFL, and they go, well, "That that's crazy that Green Bay wants that. That's not. It's not even like on the radar for like a logical thought. Sixty million dollars, aging quarterback, plus forty years old, might only play one year, and you get the 13th pick of the draft. There's no way. There's no way. It's 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 stupid, really. So they obviously want to stick it to Rodgers. They're scared of what he might do with the Jets, like we talked about yesterday. I think that's real too. But yeah, this makes a little more sense. I mean, yeah, maybe package together some second round picks, whether it's both of them this year or one this year and one down the line, whatever. And maybe there's something else there that you sweeten the pot with. Fine, but the 13th pick of the draft is insanity. There's no way you're going to do that. Sure, 13th pick of the draft of Aaron Rodgers, and you know he's going to, whoa, he's he's in year 12 of his career? Okay, fine. Yeah, 13th pick of the draft and, and the 13th pick the next year too. Yeah, but that's not where we are right now. We saw a declining Rodgers last year making a ton of money on the last year of his deal, and you know they don't want him. It is absolutely crazy that they're asking for that much at this point. And I'm a firm believer, and of course now all the Packers fans are pissed off at me. I've gone from having the Jets fans mad at me because of whatever I said about Rodgers last week. I don't know. The Jets fans were pissed at me. Now the Jets fans are happy with me because I'm saying, and I wrote this yesterday, the Jets need to start acting like New Yorkers. Yeah. captured by saying they need to show them the New Jersey State bird. That's it right. Really is the New Jersey State bird. The governor issued an executive order in jest a couple of years ago making the middle finger the Jersey State bird. And yeah, that's baby. That's what they need to do. And these Packers fans are all like, how dare you? How dare you? You just hate Rodgers. How, wait a minute. How is, how is hating Rodgers have anything to do with saying that the Jets should say to the Packers, we're not giving you the 13th overall pick in the draft for Aaron Rodgers. It's not a slight on Aaron Rodgers. It's an acknowledgement of the circumstances. There's nowhere else that Rodgers can go. They're not going to trade him to another team. Oh, but he, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. He's not going to accept a trade to any other team. And no other team is going to give the Packers something that Rodgers would then say, I'm not showing up. Right. They don't want that. Right. They don't want to deal with that crap. Oh, they could try to take back some signing bonus money. They don't want to give up a draft pick just so they can chase Aaron Rodgers around to take back signing bonus money if he retires. Baloney. So it's the Jets or it's retirement. And he's made it clear it's not retirement. And and he needs to say to the Packers at some point, I'll just show up like Brett Favre. Definitely. Because when Brett Favre just showed up in 2008, the Jets ended up getting a third-round pick and not, 
nothing. I mean, the Packers got a third round right. pick from the Jets and nothing more. So now they've got the two second round picks. Do you think the Jets got enough for Elijah Moore to just upgrade a third round pick to a second round pick in exchange for Elijah Moore? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I really I, I thought that was more than fair. You know, really, I wondered whether they would even get that to a degree. I mean, Elijah Moore at this point, you know, like we talked, he's drafted in the second round, and he hasn't really lived up to that potential, and he's kind of been a pain in the butt. And, of course, was talking last year like he was a number one superstar receiver and won the ball on every play. And it's like, no, you, you got to earn your stripes there a little bit. And then when you talk about, wait, he, you know, the rumors allegedly of, you know, a blow-up between him and the offensive coordinator – I was actually, when I first saw a second round, I went, whoa, they got a second rounder for him? You know, and then I saw, oh, all right, they gave a third rounder too. But, yeah, I, I, I thought that was more than fair on both sides of the ball. You know, again, I no, think. No, they didn't get, no. they Yeah, right, right. They, they didn't get a second and a third. Yeah, they, they just upgraded one round. I mean, that really isn't much for this guy. You upgrade your draft stock by one round. Yeah, that's, that's what they it. did. It feels like they should have gotten more. Yeah, right. I, I I know. But you know, this is a second-round pick two years ago. I, I know. 34th overall pick in the draft. Right. I get it. No, but I think, you know, that's why I was trying to say. I You know, I think all those those things I explained there take the value away. It's like just because you get, you know, it's like, oh, oh, well, Zach Wilson got drafted in the first round. It's two years later. Can he get a, can't they get a first-rounder for him right now? No. The, the stock has gone down. We've seen issues. There's problems. The performance hasn't been the same, right? So you don't get exactly the, you know, tick for tack is that where he was drafted. So yeah, Cleveland's taken a little bit of a, a a flyer on a guy that they probably liked coming out in the draft, and he certainly fits a role for them. He was way less expensive than DeAndre Hopkins trades or some of the other rumors that were out there with him. And now they can couple him together with Amari Cooper and Donovan People Jones, and now they get Elijah Moore working in the slot and Njoku with tight end, and they got something working. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't think either team, you know, fleeced the other in this one. I thought that was pretty fair at the end of the day with that trade, Mike. I know I've only slept three hours. Yeah, tick for but tack. Did I hear you say tick for tack? I couldn't think. You know, tick what for was, tack. What was I trying to say there? You know. I, I always for tat. Yeah, I think that's what I, I think. I, Even though that doesn't necessarily fit. I know. Yeah. And I was scared to say the word there because I don't know. For some reason, I was like, well, it doesn't sound right. And I'm not going to throw that word out there. So I didn't know what to say. And I <laughs> choked. <laughs> that is a setting where the word. Well, as long as you have for tat on the other end, you're. Yeah, I'm OK. I know. But it, that, I was going to throw I'm, that first word out there. And I was like, wait, is that the saying? What am I saying here? So. I, I changed it to tick yeah. for tack. Uh, yeah, great, great move by me. <laughs> of course, if you watch The Office on Peacock, as you should, Dwight Schrute uses the first word, same as the second word. So he's got it off a little bit. When I, and every once in a while it pops up and he, he says, not tit for tat, he says yeah. first word twice. Right, right. Which, for some reason, I don't want to say it either. I know. You just said it for the just first because. word, but now you don't want to say it twice in a row. <laughs> now you can't say it. I don't want to say it for the second word. It's just that's just one of those things. Right. I prefer to be employed, and I don't want to use the excuse that I only slept three hours. Right. Okay. So uh, that's where we are. And, and oh, oh, by the way, and I don't yeah. want to be what? 
any more of an ass than I usually am. Don't worry. You can't well, go any more I, up in this I, department. I, I can't Don't be, worry. You can't be any more of an ass than you already are. Right. It's impossible <laughs> that you could say anything that would make you even more of an no. ass than you already are. You're the number one BCS that. ass in the world. You are. You're the number one. You're voted right. and unanimous. Don't worry. <laughs> we finally won something. It's like when the Vikings were the, the number one team in the NFLPA players survey of how they treat family members and the training facilities and free food. The Vikings were number one. And I remember we were joking. It's like, Hey, they finally won something. All right. Do you get a trophy for that? Doesn't have the same level of satisfaction as getting the trophy that matters, but it's something. So, so I understand it's competitive business that we're in and everybody this time of year, any time of year, got to get a scoop, got to get some information, got to add to the discourse, got to push the envelope just a little bit farther. Got to have something fresh. Connor Hughes reported that sources, the Jets, have very real interest in Odo Beckham Jr. Apparently, real interest isn't enough. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers saying it himself on Pat McAfee's show isn't enough. It can't just be real, Chris. It's got to be very real. Now, I don't know that there's a difference. If it's real, it's real. You can't be more real than real. You can't be very real. You're either real or you're not real. Am I wrong? Well, so it's very real. All right, fine. I'll stop being an ass now. This really isn't anything new. Of course, the Jets have interest in Odo Beckham Jr. 12 teams were at his workout. The question is, are they interested in paying him what he wants? Or is he interested in playing for what they want to pay him? That's the issue. It's not whether or not there's interest. It's whether or not there's interest at the dollar value Odo Beckham Jr. has affixed to himself at this point of his career. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and and I, I think where's his mind at in that department? I'm not shocked to hear that. You know, I think hey, we heard rumors and the fact that, you know, OBJ, the Giants were on the radar. I think there's a little bit of a wanting to come back to New York. Right. I think there's that. And then I've always heard over the years that Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr., there's a relationship there. That there is, and that you know, I know OBJ has always talked to Brady and Brady and Brady, but I, you know, you talked about it the other day when he was traded from the Browns to the Rams. The Packers were very much involved, and like you said, they said they couldn't pay him or whatever. They had an excuse, but they made it. They look were just like involved that. enough, right? They were just involved enough to make Aaron Rodgers think they were involved. Right? Remember, it, we talked about it at length. Yeah, they duped him. Yes, they duped the. The, the super genius into thinking they actually wanted Odell Beckham Jr. by making a half-hearted effort to try to sign him. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. And, but I do think there's a relationship, and I don't disagree with what you're saying there at all. Uh, but, yeah, I think this has been on the radar. But, yeah, does it make sense? What's he asking for? Of course, I think it makes sense as far as on the field. You know, he's been in that offense. Yeah, that $20 million conversation, that's just not going to happen. I, I, and, you know, again, too, okay, there's going to have to be some other moves made. If they're going to sign him and give him some significant money or even something close to double-digit millions, well, Corey Davis is still on the roster. He's making 10-plus million. I would think that means he's got to go in that department. But the other thing I just throw out there, too, you know, I, I don't know. Is this an ideal spot for Odell Beckham Jr.? I'm not sure about that. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson's going to be the guy here with the New York Jets. Alan Lazard is going to get balls at four years, $44 million, you know? Okay. Corey Davis is here. 
Well, that's another guy. But, okay, if Odell Beckham Jr. comes in and, and takes some of that away, all right, there he is, what, fighting for, you know, second, third, fourth most balls, McCole Hardman. I'm not sure this is exactly the perfect spot for him either When I, if I was to advise Odell Beckham Jr., you know, just for himself personally. I agree with you completely, and Miko Hardman is going to be looking around saying, what the hell if OBJ shows up? Where do I fit in this picture? Right. And where does OBJ even fit on any depth chart at this point? He was second fiddle to Cooper Cup as it was in L.A., and he was having that great Super Bowl because the Bengals were doing what they could to take Cooper Cup out of the mix, and they were using Odo Beckham Jr., and as you had heard and we've discussed many times, he was being showcased in that game. He was the guy. They were taking advantage of Odo Beckham Jr. being open, not being blanketed, and he was performing at a relatively high level. Had a touchdown catch, and it yeah. just felt like he was moving toward MVP of the game status until he had that non-contact ACL tear. So I agree with you. There's a history there with Rodgers and OBJ. I also continue to believe that that number 20 – was put out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if the truth, if we ever were able to ascertain it, was that Odo Beckham Jr. mentioned that number directly to Aaron Rodgers, and he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. And why wouldn't he want it? The idea that he came out and said, 20 million never came out of my mouth, and people say, well, that, that, that refutes anyone who reported he wants 20. Pull up the list of the highest paid receivers in the NFL right now top 15 they're all making 20 million or more and justin jefferson hasn't been paid yet for crying out no loud. nor jamar there chase are 15 guys right. out there at or above 20 and and that's the way the 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 logic collapses on itself you give odell beckham jr a list of those 15 guys making 20 million or more and you ask him are they all better than you? Yeah, And no. there's going to be four, five, six of them where he says, I'm better than them. Okay, ipso facto, he wants $20 million a year. Why wouldn't he want that given what he views yes. his skills and abilities are? This isn't about his skills and abilities. This is about reestablishing himself, showing he's healthy, not tearing the same ACL. Well, it's a different ACL, but it's an ACL in the same knee for a third time. He hasn't played football in a while. It's factors other than what he can be at his best. If he comes in and he plays at his best – this is a steal yes. for whoever gets him. Yeah, that's so, where yeah. – and, and for him, I mean, I, I think if you want to – I mean, look, I, I agree with you that the Chiefs would – especially without Miko Hardman, exactly. Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe yeah. the Chiefs would be a better destination. But Chiefs, Bills, Jets, those are the three teams he should be looking at. Now, he also has had interest in the Giants. They were one of the three teams that he visited with during that short free agency tour during the season – when I think he was dangling, yeah. I'll come help you in the postseason if you give me a big contract. And nobody wanted to give him a big contract, so I was like, screw it. I won't play this season. I'll wait till next year. But, you know, we're, we're nearly two weeks into the money flowing, and he's just not going to get what he thought he was going to get. The budgets have been expended. Nobody's sitting back holding enough to pay him $20 million a year, and nobody's going to do it. If anybody <laughs> was going to do it, they would have done it by now. Chris. Yeah, that, that's right. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody – I mean, you and I know the, the animal in which, you know, NFL front office people are, right? I, I mean, I know I'm generalizing here a little bit, but we talk about this a lot. Yeah, they're, they're conservative by nature. You know, their butts are on the line here. They're not just going to throw out $20 million and go, oh, yeah, you tore your ICL two out of three years, haven't, didn't play football last year. We're just going to give you $20 million. It's just not the way it's going to work. So, 
Yes. I, hopefully there can be a fine line of getting a contract done and like you talked about, adding incentives to it. You know, maybe future years you get to this point, we got an option, and now you're getting paid, you know, to, accordingly to what you want. But that payday is not going to come unless he proves a little bit, or not a, not a little bit, a lot of bit as far as a full season goes, that he could stay healthy. He's north of 30. That gets scary there. And, yeah, I'm with you in that fact of what I said earlier. I don't know if the Jets are the best situation. I mean, you unpack the, the Kansas City Chiefs and you go, okay, we know Kelsey's option number one. But out of the receivers, even with the guys they got there right now, you can realistically think, well, he could end up being the number one receiver and Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore and everybody kind of play off of him there in Kansas City. So that's why I continue to bring up their name. I think it's why you continue to bring up their name there as well. Uh, I think there could be benefits for both there to to make that marriage happen, and that one makes more sense to me than the New York Jets, at least from Odell Beckham Jr.'s perspective. And the reason that no one is willing to go out on a limb, this all comes from a very basic desire to avoid the awkward conversation with the owner. When you get cross-examined, sitting across the big desk as to why you did the thing you did. He tears an ACL again in the same knee. It's hard to say, didn't see that coming. Hey, hey, boss, ACL tears happen. It's a tough sport. There's a lot of contact or non-contact. You're the one that wants us to play on artificial turf. Hey, this happens. Harder to sell that when a guy has already had two ACL tears in the same knee. So you need a GM who is very confident in his position very safe to even sign the guy to give him any million, not just 20, 5 million, any significant payment. You better be damn sure you can withstand the blowback. If he does have the worst case scenario and you better have the owner on board with it, but that's why that's where Kansas city makes sense again. Right. Right. Because they, they, they got, they They got got their house money, money. Exactly. Right. No, Brett Feach isn't going to get in any trouble. No, Andy Reid's not getting, getting, going to get in any trouble. Oh, and they don't play on artificial turf for their home games. It could happen in a road game, but, but yeah, I think that that's a reason why the chiefs make sense because for the jets, I mean, unless it's an ownership move, you are getting toward being a little far out on the limb. If you're Joe Douglas, when you throw in rolling the dice on Odo, Odo Beckham Jr., the same offseason you're rolling the dice on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I mean, that's it's, it's a lot going on there. It's a huge adjustment to your locker room. you know. And, and listen, I, I'm not that I was to say I, I don't think it could work. I do think it could work. You know, I think these are two guys that are motivated to you know, prove people wrong and you know, make things. But it's just a lot, of, a lot of parts, moving parts there to put it all together. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's one I got to see it to believe it. I don't feel like that's really legitimately going to happen. I like the move by the Jets by McCole Hardman. I think Cleveland getting Elijah Moore makes a lot of sense, and we'll see where this Odell Beckham Jr. conversation goes. All right, so what we have now is a pop-up draft. Usually we do our drafts late in the show, and we usually don't have time to really talk through our picks because we're on the clock because the show is about to end. So. Pop-up draft, segment one, best supporting cast for a quarterback right now. And there's a lot of good ones out there. 
This isn't easy. I'll give you the first pick, Chris. I've been scrolling through some of the choices while we've been discussing this to try to prepare myself for it, but there's a lot of different ways this can go, so you get to go first. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is. It's a broad, broad subject. Well, okay, I'm, I don't think I'm going to change my thought, you know, from free agency didn't change this department. The Eagles, they still got the best supporting cast as far as what, what you look at there. When you just talk about that old line, I don't, you know, the receivers, okay, yeah, they no, lost. It's not the O-line, though. I know, I know. Everything but the O-line. Okay, but uh, yes, right. still, just tight ends, clear. receivers, you know, even with Kenneth Gainwell adding Rashad Penny that potentially has, you know, uh, a, a greater upside than anybody they've had there at the running back position. So, yeah, I'm going to go there. And I wasn't sure, like, if the O-line was involved in this because, you know, they do support the quarterback, but okay, I'm cool with that. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, well, the the options that that have been laid out for us are the receivers, running backs. Oh, I didn't even see that. Okay, no cool, cool. I did I not assume, even see that. I assume maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, uh, feel free to tell me, control room, but I just assume. Okay. No O-line. No O-line. No O-line. All right. Uh, I'm surprised you went Eagles. I figured just like yesterday, you'd go 49. I know, because I we know. Have <laughs> the, the, we have Christian McCaffrey right. and the rotating – running backs that you can just bring in and move the chains. That helps a quarterback look pretty good. That takes a lot of stress off of a quarterback. Allows a guy like Jimmy G to be regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the game, even if he isn't. You throw in Debo Samuel. You throw in George Kittle. I don't know how you don't take the 49ers. I thought for sure you'd go 49ers. Uh, maybe I should have. I, you know, oh, by think, the way, I'm going 49ers. Yeah, right. I think I think what – well, I might have been still thinking O-line just a little bit there. But the other part, too, I think that, that also – it, it, the the Eagles, A.J. Brown and what he did and what he showed me this year, it, it just I, I think that's what puts them over the top a little bit for me in that department. I mean, he got to the point where it was just like covered. You can't cover him. If he is covered, who cares? Throw it up. He'll catch it anyways. It, a double team doesn't matter. So that's kind of where I – that's why I edged that way. But, yeah, that wasn't an easy decision by any stretch of the imagination there. Um, all right, now this is where right, who you got next. Yeah, this is where it gets hard. This is where, you know, I think it's still. If we get into this conversation here, I'm still gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I am. I, I, I again, it's hard to find three receivers on a roster that are better than the three they got there right now. And Joe Mixon's still on the roster. Is a damn good running back, right? Tight ends, a little bit of a unproven commodity. Wouldn't be shocked to see them draft somebody, you know, maybe even in the first round as far as that department's concerned. You know, I know they got a CSC as far as in free agency, uh, the tight end there who's got some potential. But, man, that three is still up there. And Jamar Chase, you know, is, is arguably with Justin Jefferson and my money for the best receiver in football. Well, this is going to be shades again of yesterday's draft because the Dolphins have one I of the know. best backfields <laughs> yeah. given their commitment to the run. And Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So, and Mike Gesicki gone via free agency. He was lost in the shuffle last year. What a waste of money that was to use the franchise tag on Mike Gesicki when he wasn't utilized the way he could have been, should have been. There was trade talk all year long. Maybe they should have traded him while they could. But, yeah, with him, without him, doesn't matter. You got Hill, you got Waddle, you got the, the rotating running backs. You've got a great supporting cast. It's one of the reasons why Tua was an MVP candidate. Nothing against two of the quarterback, but having all those guys around him made it easier for him 
to have the kind of year he had when he was able to play. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. They, they formulated an offense and got a team around him to where it was going to be hard, you know, to fail. Now, he took advantage and, you know, hey, to, to his credit, too, they played a style that fit his style. So that made sense, and most quarterbacks need that. But, yeah, damn. I mean, they're, they're, they got a special receiving core. And, you know, I don't know. When you talk about duos, maybe they have the best duo. I don't know. Them or Philadelphia? Is it Cincinnati? I mean, just off of that, like, seriously, who's the best duo, a duo out of those three teams right there? If you went Higgins and Chase, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, or Waddle and Tyree Kill, which one are you going to go with out of that three? It's a draft within the draft. <laughs> Higgins and Chase. Yeah. Higgins and Chase. Yeah, you'd go there. You like because it's because because it's both one A and one A minus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it's one A plus and one A. Right. At receiver. Right. One A plus and one A. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm. Mm, it's a, it's a tough one there. I, I I like the fact that there's a little different you know different angle with those two as far as Higgins is big, box him out, fifty fifty ball, to, you know tight windows, and then Jamar Chase brings another element to it too um, that I think is very interesting. All right, I mean, I think here. I'm stuck between a two a few teams here, but I think the team I'm going to go with as far as support for a quarterback here right now that I'm kind of intrigued by, I I think I'm going to go with the Raiders right now. All right? I'm going to go with the Raiders here. You got Josh Jacobs, who's arguably the best running back in football. It's him or Nick Chubb. They just signed Austin Hooper at tight end. You know, I know it's not Darren Waller, but damn, he's still a pretty solid option there. But the three receivers they got, that's where I'm 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 interested in. Devontae Adams, as we know, one of the best in the league. Jacoby Myers, I think, is really damn good. You know, if you ask me Jacoby Myers or Juju Smith Schuster, I think I'd take Jacoby Myers, really. I think he can do more. He just hasn't been in these opportunities and you know, of course, last year had that blunder play in Las Vegas. But you put him, those three receivers, that tight end and that running back, damn, that's a pretty good mix right there. I expect them to be dangerous on the offensive side of the ball this year. By the way, I still haven't watched it, but apparently in his introductory press conference, Kobe Myers had a very thoughtful, meaningful, mature response to the criticism he took in response to that play yeah. against the Raiders when all of a sudden the Stanford band play broke out one thing on Jacobs too yeah this isn't on the rundown for today but I wanted to mention it because as it turns out I think there's something to it I was having a text conversation with the PFT writers yesterday and Michael David Smith pointed out as we were talking about Austin Eckler's take on running backs and the pay isn't there the free agency contracts aren't there you've got three running backs right now under the franchise tender Josh Jacobs Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard Raiders Cowboys Giants not in exactly that order, but so 10.1 million. It becomes fully guaranteed when it's accepted until it's accepted. It can be rescinded. I think each of those three guys, and I think particularly Pollard needs to be thinking, I should probably take that 10.1 because if the team were to take it away right now, am I getting 10.1? No. For one year from any team out there. Is anyone giving me that? Is anyone giving me $10 million on a multi-year deal? Is anybody giving me $8 million a year on a multi-year deal? $7 million a year on a multi-year deal? Maybe Jacobs, maybe Barkley, Pollard, 
better pounce on that 10-1 while he can. Yeah, with a broken, because, hey, you know, ankle. What, 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 right. what, what if they could trade? What if they could trade for Derrick Henry, who's making 10-5? Now I know he's going to want more money, but if you could get Derrick Henry for relative peanuts from the Titans, if they're trying to unload him at a time when he wants more money, I'll take Derrick Henry and I'll pay him more money versus Tony Pollard coming off the broken ankle. I think Pollard should jump on that thing now because you never know. And it's and it's happened in the past three times over the past 20 years where a franchise tag gets rescinded. The last time it happened was with Josh Norman when he was with the Panthers right. in 2016, I believe. And so it's just something to keep an eye on because 10-1 in this market for running backs, you're not going to get it on the open market on a one-year deal. May, 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 I don't know. You know, as I talk about it more, maybe Jacobs, maybe Barkley. But right now, would they? At the start of free agency, yes. I don't know. Is there anybody out there that's going to throw that kind of money at them right now? No. You got multiple running backs with eight-figure salaries that are are clouded in mystery now. What's going to happen with Dalvin Cook? What's going to happen with Derrick Henry? What's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? What's going to happen with Joe Mixon? I just I think those franchise tag guys better be damn sure. They're not risking having that 10.1 yanked away, including Josh Jacobs. Well, I, 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 Jacobs and Barkley, I, I don't think that would be the case. So I would push back on that a little bit just as like, you know, one, I think that they could they could get that type of money on the market. Two, you know, the teams are, are heavily invested in them and their production too, or at least for what they're expecting this year. You know, what are they going to do if they do rescind it? Their guys aren't coming back. They're not. I mean, you rescind it. They're going to be like, no, Jersey State Bird, I'm going somewhere else. Oh, you wanted to pay me $9 million now? Well, I'll go play somewhere else where they didn't screw me over for eight and a half. I mean, there, there's no way. They'll end that relationship. Pollard's a little more risky, but, you know, he's a special player. And, man, do you want to play that type of game? I, I mean, I don't think Dallas would want to do that. But I think your point's real. You know, I mean, I, I know what you're saying as far as the market, where it's at. Teams have already allotted money and all of that, too. But, Man, that would be a low-blow, dirty, dirty thing to do by either one of those teams if they did that to one of those three guys right now. Right. But, again, it's happened in the past. Andy Reid did it twice in Philadelphia to Jeremiah Trotter and Corey Simon, and the Panthers did it to Josh Norman. Now, Josh Josh, Josh Norman, Norman was a little disgruntled. A and, Washington. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was a little disgruntled. I think he was asking for a long-term contract where they finally realized like, whoa, there's no way we're going to be able to do this, what he's asking. Right. I mean, that's kind of where I always was led to believe in that conversation. And then they kind of just threw their hands up and were like, okay, forget the franchise tag. You go somewhere else and figure it out yourself. And I think they removed it when it did because that allowed – the departure to count toward the compensatory draft pick formula yeah. that happened before right. the window closes on free agent comings and goings, counting toward whether you do or don't get those picks. One last point, though. You didn't make your last if pick you are Tony either. Pollard. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I know. I'm going to. I'm right, going to. Cool. I'm going to. Cool. But but I, we, we went down this rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, let's go. You, you better pay close attention to what the Cowboys do during the draft because they may pick your replacement. That's the other thing we have here. They're relying upon Jacobs and Barkley and Pollard for production in those three cities. If they have somebody fall into their laps that they can make the guy right away, you better jump on that 10-1 or it could be gone like that. Like the moment after they turn in the draft card, call the league, we're rescinding the franchise tender. So as the draft approaches, well, it's something for those guys. To that, that's right, last, one, that's one I like where your head's at there. And that's where if I was Tony Pollard, I'd go and sign it. 
because what I'd be scared at, and I don't have it in front of me, but what, the Cowboys are drafted somewhere in the 20s, right? I'd be scared if I'm Tony Pollard specifically. You're, sit, you're sitting there, they're picking in the 20s, and B. John Robinson from the, the Texas Longhorns is on the board. And it's like, whoa, are you kidding me? That freak show's on the board? You know, five, ten years ago, B. John Robinson's going in the top ten of the draft. I mean, he's, he's one of those type of talents. He's that kind of running back. So he ends up there in the 20s, and Dallas is up, and it's a Texas guy and all that pressure and how talented this guy is. That would scare me a little bit. That's one thing I can get behind, certainly, that you said there that, that, is, that makes sense. And, yeah, he needs to go sign that, I think, just for that option alone. And I do vaguely recall a time years ago when I think Edger and James was operating under the franchise tag with the Colts, and it was this same kind of thing getting a little nervous about what the Colts may do. I better go ahead and accept this before they rescind it. All right, the last pick for me. Go ahead and blow the horn. We haven't blown the horn in a while. you got to blow the horn. One of the reasons Kirk Cousins is regarded so highly relative to other quarterbacks is he has, when he's willing to throw it to him, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson alone gets you into this mix but you throw on top of it tj hawkinson who became on the fly last year acquired via trade an incredibly potent weapon for the vikings right out of the gates he was good to go i remember talking to him after his very first game with minnesota i mean he studied that playbook they got him ready he had great production consistent high production all year long kj osborne underrated one of the reasons they were willing to let adam thielen walk away cut him in lieu yeah. of owing him like 13 million this year or something like that $10 million, I think, was the total salary. Looking at a $20 million cap number, nope, we're moving on. K.J. Osborne doesn't get utilized enough. Cousins has said it himself. And there's still Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison under a new contract. And Ty Chandler, a guy that they think has real potential. They got a lot of weapons in Minnesota. Even without Thielen, it's still one of the best groups. It, it, it's a solid group. That, that uh, you know, uh, that with Hawkinson in the group there with Justin Jefferson is, you know, that's a difference-making duo there. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you, you said, but Cook is still really awesome. Is he, you know, one of the best in football anymore? No, but he's still damn good and one of the better running backs in the game. All right, so wait, who did we leave off here, right? That's, that's the question because there's some ones here that – you know, there's potential. There's some ones maybe that arguably we should have kept on there. Like the Bears. You look at the Bears right now. You know, I with, thought about the Bears. Right? With that tight end, those three receivers, Mooney, Claypool, and DJ Moore. But, you know, I guess we got to see something from Claypool or Mooney to put him in that conversation. The Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, Pollard, Brandon Cooks, Gallup. It's not a bad crew there, Right. You know, the tight end, they lost Dalton Schultz in free agency, but they got Ferguson from Wisconsin. You know, that could be – and the Commanders are another team, Mike, that jumped out to me in the conversation for sure. You know, again, I think it's maybe a little bit more potential-based, but when you go McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, who showed big-time promise last year, Curtis Samuel, you know, Logan Thomas at tight end, and then those two running backs there, that's another one that probably needs to be in that conversation that's, you know, pretty interesting. And, you know, with all the talk about Russell Wilson in Denver, it's easy to overlook the fact that I know. he's got a pretty damn good supporting yeah. cast around right. him, which only puts more pressure on him to come out and have a big year in 2023. And a couple of those names keep bubbling up as potential trade 
bait, and that could happen. Jerry Judy, that name keeps popping up. Cortland Sutton, right. KJ Hamler, one Hamler. of those three guys could be on the move. Right. But yeah, so uh, but still, they've they've got and, and if if Javante Williams ends up being Turn your healthy phone following the ACL tear, he was a guy that had a lot of promise. Sorry about that. So anyway, anyway, uh, that's it. We need to take a break. We okay. have burned up nearly thirty three percent of the time that I slept last night. In segment one, let's take a break. When we return, did C.J. Stroud live up to the hype at his pro day workout yesterday? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 